Will Jamal Murray make his return this season? We think so. We think so. Plus, what do we think about this opening stretch for the Nuggets to return from the All-Star break? All that and more on Locked on Nuggets. You are Locked on Nuggets, your daily Denver Nuggets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, everyone, to Locked On Nuggets, your daily Denver Nuggets podcast, part of the Locked On Network, your team every day. My name is Matt Moore. I'm the senior NBA writer for the Action Network, joined by my co-host Adam Mares from DMVR. He's the director of content over there. You can check him out at thedmvr.com. Thanks for joining us and making us your first listen each and every day. We're free, and we're available on all platforms coming to you on Wednesday night, Wednesday night, uh, night before the Nuggets return to action on Thursday night versus the Sacramento Kings. We will talk about what the Nuggets schedule looks like in these next couple of days. We will talk about, uh, we'll talk about what the Nuggets need to do over this last 23 games. We will talk about a number of things, but the first thing that we will talk about is how there's nothing else to talk about. (laughs) I feel like an idiot. This week, all week long, uh, man, I felt like an idiot. First, it was when I watched the All-Star game, and I'm like, all right, they're starting to make these more competitive. And then you just forget. They just You're like, oh, yeah, they actually are. These are not competitive at all. They're competitive in the last five minutes, but they're a joke. And then today, like, hey, we're going to get that juicy update, like starting to set a timetable. We're going to see Jamal Murray, this or that. Didn't see him at practice. Got no update. And um, it just you still look at this and go, I have no, I, I really don't have a whole ton of intel on, on like concrete intel. You just have like rumor mill stuff. Yeah. I think that that's, um, well, we can, we can peel back the curtain. I think a little bit, um, I will start with this and you, you and I were talking about this before we went on the, on air. Um, you and I have never been more pessimistic that he returns this season than we are right now, which is not to say that we're over, which right. is not to say that we are Thank you. pessimistic. Thank you. On a percentage chance of, of occurrences, we're probably inching higher than we thought we would be. Um, I checked in today to see whether or not we would get an update and was told, and was and the question was asked, like, why are you asking? We'll, we'll tell you when there's an update. And that's fair. So no, he hasn't returned to practice, hasn't returned to contact. There's no update on Jamal Murray, and that's not what you wanted to hear. I, I would have hoped that we would have heard something, which is yeah. like, hey, he's going to start three on three next week. He's going to start two on two. Like he's starting like contact. Uh, he's been cleared for X, Y, or Z. Um, something. Not. Yeah. I'm not expecting. Hey, he's going to start on Tuesday versus you know on this weekend versus the Kings, but. I, I do think that I was surprised that there isn't anything on this front. Um, I think, in, in, and correct me, you can correct me if, if you disagree on this. My kind of thought process on it is it's tough. If you ask people inside the organization, they're going to be hesitant to give too much information because they don't want to pressure Jamal. And if you ask anybody close to Jamal, they're going to be hesitant to answer because they don't want to pressure Jamal. Yeah. And that's an understandable no... thing, by the way, like there are, I'm, I want to be empathetic. It's going to sound like we're whining about the Nuggets organization. No. In some ways, like we, we are like, it is frustrating not to know, but I don't think it's unique to the Nuggets, but there's also, there is a reason. And I know the number one reason is they always want to pr- protect Jamal. The players want to protect Jamal. Michael Malone wants to protect him. They don't want him to feel like there is a ticking clock for him. 
this is always interesting to me just because I'm just like, I guess I'm always confused because my reaction is largely like Jamal should never feel like, why would you, you know, it's not my, my questions are not, why aren't you back yet? Right? Like, that's not how you ask. Like it takes however long it takes. Yeah. Asking like, Hey, where are you at? That's not, that's not me being like, why aren't you back yet? It's just, Hey, where are you at? Well, you want to know an example. Here's an example of a bad one. And we see the, the, the real disaster going on in new Orleans with Zion. David Griffin said early on that he expects Zion ready to go at the start of camp. He'll be with the team at the start of camp or at the start of the season, right? When he wasn't there yeah. for camp, like he'll be ready by the start of the season. Then it was, oh, actually not really ready to play, but be whatever. And like that set an expectation. And now I think that actually came from the team just didn't know. It's worth learning now. There's like a real, a real schism between Zion and the team. But nonetheless, there were expectations that were set that have gone horribly wrong. And now there's more like confusion. So I can understand if they said we're hopeful he's back in you know March 1st and all of a sudden we're here and it's like, oh, it's late. What happened? Did something go wrong? Yeah. Even if nothing went wrong. People are going to assume that. So I understand it on one on one in, in one part. But we're only, as you have pointed out, 49 days away from the end of the season. Like there's not there's just not that much runway left. Yeah. There's just not. And that's that I think is is why I think you and I are getting concerned now, because if it had been like he started practicing at the end, if if they had come out today and been and they not that they should have. I'm just saying, like, if they if he had been ready, if he had been ready, which he wasn't. And that's okay. If he had been ready, it would have been like, all right, he can you know, he can practice and, you know, go through shoot around or whatever contact three on three, whatever for two weeks and then come back. Right. But now it's like if you still don't know now, it's like, okay. March 14th, that seems optimistic. And after that, you're getting into, there's 10 days left in the season. Yeah. And, you know, if he hasn't come back till April, there's, but this is part of it. The playoffs come sooner this season. The um, play-in tournament is April 12th. Yeah, that is a little bit sooner. Last day of the season is April 10th. You got mm. 10 days in April, right? There's just not enough time. And so... um there's a lot of like these kinds of things. Zamor mentions Black during the Ryan made a great point that it took Clay around 16 games to get a full game. I would note that Jamal Murray did not suffer a torn ACL and then a torn Achilles. How many so, games? I mean, this again, this is hard to predict, but how many games do you think Jamal needs to play before he is like no more minutes restriction? Oh boy. I don't, I don't expect that to be. I think he'll have a minutes restriction in the playoffs. Oh, okay. All right. That's where I'm at. I mean, that's where I'm at. Like, if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. Well, I'm saying but... forget the time framing now. And, and this, I'm just saying if he played 10 games with the 10th one, be like, okay, he no longer has a minutes restriction. We'll play him and see how he feels. I mean, look, it... I've seen guys come back and from ACL and I've seen them play five and then do it. I've seen them do three. Yeah. I, like, it just depends. Like, yeah. it just, it really does entirely depends, you know? Yeah. And, it, and look, this is one of the things that we talked about around the trade deadline and a couple weeks up to it. Like the question of should this team go for it or not is just really difficult. Like it, it would be less difficult if the odds of them of next year were the same. And like, look, a lot of things can occur, you know, um, the, the NBA is always shifting. There could be a Titanic move next year and the window can close. That's absolutely possible. Um, but you do wonder, like, is next year a better window than this one? Like, trying to evaluate this window versus next year, I think, is, has to be part of the equation. And I think yeah. that's difficult. Yeah. I think pretty comfortably next year's window is better just because Denver's team will be better. But there are teams that sh- that will likely be better next year as well, and maybe the competition is more stiff. I don't know. It's hard to say. 
Well, and here's what's crazy too. Um, the idea of like, well, Jamal's not going to be fully back yet. There, there's so many teams that are going to be in the spot. There's so many teams that are going to be in the spot. Like Anthony Davis may have, will maybe have played like two, three games before the playoffs start. Right. Um, the Lakers are sort of self eliminated this year in a lot of ways. And maybe they just are like, I'm kind of starting to think they might just be, but they might not. Yeah. I mean, maybe some miracle happens for them. Well, and then there's the Clippers. Clippers will definitely Clippers are the one that are like definitely going to be better. I think Philadelphia, they're in a similar situation in that they have a short runway to get this right. But next year you would think their chemistry and understanding and even team building is going to make even more sense. So they should be better. So there's a lot. Um, Irwin says we'll ask about Chris Paul. It's a hand injury. He that's he's fine. He like, played in the all-star game. That tells me they're not yeah, he's not right. too concerned. He'd be all right. Um, and then, so like this, that's kind of the whole thing here is like, um, there's, uh, the reason I mentioned the Clippers is like, um, that like they might get Kawhi and P like, it's possible they get Kawhi and PG back this year. I don't think it's likely. I think it's very unlikely, but like, that's possible. Right. So like the, then that's like the question is like, there's just, there's a bunch of these teams in this situation. And that's why I think it's like it's tough to figure all of this out. I think this equation is very difficult to try and parse. Yeah, it is tough. I'm a little, I definitely am discouraged. You phrased it in a way that I don't want to go to, cause I don't want any people to run with it saying that we're more pessimistic that he'll return at all. I'm just, I'm more pessimistic about the timing of it. Like I have a hard time imagining him being back in the next two weeks, which is kind of what I expected at the start of the season. So like, Oh yeah. First or second week of March is when he'll be back. That, that now seems so unlikely to me that it's almost more likely he returns in like April 1st than he does March 14th to me. So it's a bummer. Um, maybe I'm wrong. Hopefully we're wrong. We're, we're speculating on looking through a glass darkly at all of this. But unfortunately, that's all we have to work with. Yeah. And like a, a lot of it is. I get feeling like it's a bummer. I, I think it is a bummer, though, that there's. There's like some things we we have to be able to agree on. It's a bummer that Jamal Murray will not be back or is not back already. Yeah, I think more more of what I'm trying to say is like, uh, I am kind of of the mindset too, though, of all is not lost if Jamal Murray doesn't return this year. I think he will. I still think he will. That's where I'm still at, right? Like I said this at the beginning, I was like, I tried to say like, you and I are more pessimistic than we've been. Yeah, but that doesn't mean that like I still think he probably comes back, right? Yeah. Um, but if he doesn't, like you got a good play, you've got a good, you've got a good team, you've got the arguably the best player in the league, you've got a team that has made noise before, and I think that there's various like I think there's an opportunity, and you can kind of see where it goes, and then. I do think that making sure that you do not threaten next year is important. That's where I always get to with the MPJ thing is, yeah. you know, Morton, good show, good friend of our show, Jeff Morton, you know, talked about on Ryan's podcast. He, he was, they, Zamora mentioned this, that, you know, he said he might, that, um, that MPJ might be back before Jamal, which I'd heard somebody mention that at one point. And I just continue to be like, boy, dude, mm. Three back surgeries, and you want to try it with any mm, real? I I'm still like really like after everything you and I get how much better he's feeling. He looks awesome. I'm just it's 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 tough. Um, 
Chad Michael Jones, can I just ask what your assumption he would be back in March is based on reporting or just hunches? Uh, no, I would tell you that's not based off of hunches. Like, the, the, we 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 speak to humans, and or at least I do. Like, yeah, I mean, my mine honestly had more to do with speaking with um, Doctor Bology, who you know did this show, and just kind of getting a general sense for his expectation of the time frame. So, um, you know, that was it. But the team's taking it slow. We'll see. And there also is still the possibility that he is a surprise add to the. I mean. <laughs> It would be, I think, almost more infuriating. How infuriated would you would you be if Saturday it was like Jamal Murray upgraded to questionable? So mad. <laughs> I would be so mad. Mad, mad, mad. Especially with the way that the question has been treated. Yeah, um, yeah. We haven't, I'll just say this, like the, the people in the press room, you know, Singer's the beat writer. The rest of us are in there. We talk to people. Haven't. Like there have we haven't like beaten down the door, like that's just not how it's been. Right. And there's been like a little bit of pushback from the Nuggets in terms of like, gosh, why asking? It's just like you could, we could chill out a little bit. Um, there's also I will say this though, like everyone's kind of talking about in the in the comments here about like, well, it takes a year and all this. Like, look, I've covered a I lot know. of these. I know, like, I know. I've covered I've covered a lot of ACL injuries, and so I'm telling you that. Um, well, I'll say this: it would. I've seen guys that take 13, 14 months, yeah. right? And when my my early optimism was based off of knowing Jamal's work ethic, and him being behind that does not mean that Jamal's work ethic has been lacking, because that's insane. Like yeah. everyone said, like he's attacked it the way that they thought he would. It just takes it. This stuff is ephemeral. It takes however long it takes. And that's what I think is so frustrating about it for, I'm sure it's most frustrating for Jamal. That's got to be the most frustrating thing about it. And I do understand, I, I will say this, I understand from the Nuggets perspective, because I, I said this earlier where I was like, nobody's expecting, like, if, he, if it takes a long time, like, nobody's going to think worse of Jamal. Like, you had a major injury. I do understand from the Nuggets perspective, because I can see how Jamal actually would put that pressure on himself, though. Mm. Yeah. You think that, like, that? I'm not trying to get into his head. I'm just saying... That sounds that, that I, don't, I, I don't know. He's young enough. I mean, by the way, shouts to him. Happy birthday. He turned 25 today. He's young enough that Ooh. he probably sees. I mean, he's got 10 more years ahead of him in the NBA. So he I, I imagine he probably sees both things, but it's got to be tough seeing the Nuggets. I mean, look at the Nuggets. Their wins, their wins over this last two week stretch have really, in my opinion, changed their season. Like their season right at this very moment is probably better than I think most people expected. And that switched kind of on a dime over these last couple of weeks wins against Milwaukee wins against Golden State really really changed what you expected them to be and now well, you're like wow that's impressive I mean that that's the whole thing that's why I'm like oh well of course now that there's something to like bum you out because like that's been the thing of the season is like just when you were starting to feel better <laughs> about this Nuggets team Adam had to hit you with something to make you feel worse about it yeah. um We'll take a break. We'll come back and we'll talk about this upcoming stretch coming out of the all-star break for the Nuggets and what they need to do, what we expect the record to be, how those matchups look like, etc. We'll do that when we come back on Locked on Nuggets. But first, I want to tell you about prize picks. Hmm. All right, NBA fans, are you looking for a daily fantasy option for the NBA? Then you need to try the award-winning app, Prize Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. I love it, and we know that you will too. It's easy to use over at Prize Picks. You just pick two to five players and over/under on the projections, and you can win up to ten times on entry. And it's just you versus those projected numbers. Entries can be made in sixty seconds or less. It's that easy. Prize Picks is safe and offers fast withdrawals. You can use the award-winning app. 
on both the App Store and Google Play. Uh, Price Picks offers any prop you can think of from points scored to rebounds and even steals. I do love me some defensive props. Those are always fun. Price Picks allows mixed sport entries. You can partner them with an NHL one as well as Price Picks doesn't just offer NBA. They've got options on college basketball, college football, NFL, MLB, soccer, MMA, and more. And for a limited time, Price Picks has an exclusive no-brainer of an offer for all of our users. Users get $50 for free if a player in your first Price Picks entry scores a single point. But you got to use code NBA. That's right. This is an exclusive offer for Locked On fans. Sign up today and use code NBA. And you get $50 for free if a player in your first prize picks entry scores a single point. Prize picks is daily fantasy made easy. We'll be right back on Locked On Nuggets. Thanks for making Locked On Nuggets your first listen. For your next listen, check out Locked On Now podcast. Nightly recaps of every NBA game with analysis from our local experts. It's free and it's available wherever you get podcasts. Back here on Locked On Nuggets with Adam Mares talking about what we're gonna, what the Nuggets are going to look like when they come out of the all-star break. Um, so, you want to talk about, you You had kind of like talked about this stretch last night and we didn't get around to it, or night before last, we didn't get around to it. Here are the Nuggets' uh, first one, two, three, four, five, five games six. out of the All-Star break. Go six. Um, go six. Okay, we'll go six. They've got – they're at the Kings. On Saturday, they're home versus the Kings. They're at the Portland Trail Blazers. No use of Nurkic. He's out for a month. They face the Oklahoma City Thunder at home. They have a, a four-game homestand. They face the Oklahoma City Thunder at home, the Houston Rockets at home, and then they face the New Orleans Pelicans at home before facing the Golden State Warriors, um, and then they face the Kings again, and then the Warriors again. Uh, give me your thoughts on this opening six-game stretch of Kings, Kings, Blazers, Thunder, Rockets, Pelicans. I mean, I think 5-1 and one is par. I think 6-0, and oh, they're going to be favored in all six. It's hard to win. I mean, it's hard to beat a team twice. We talk about this all the time, two times in a row. And then there's just one game you, you think maybe they get tripped up in. But I look at that, and I go, they this is where you create all of the separation. I actually feel like the six game stretch is really important if they go six and oh matt i think one the pressure for the final what would that be 18 games completely evaporates because i don't think denver cares five or six i don't think they're going to get to four so i don't think they care so the pressure of just like hey we now if murray does return at a certain point like it's not oh we can't we got to be careful here it's like hey we got we got a nice cushion here we don't have to sweat it so to me this is their opportunity when we talk about they have the easiest schedule after the break, it's because of these six games. You know, they have other easy parts, but this six games is really easy. So to me, five and one is par. Six and zero oh, um, is what they should be aiming for. I, I want to talk. I think in the second, in the last segment, I want to talk about your fear of the play-in because we're in very different places. I think on the on the play-in. Um, I think that's interesting. So the, I will say I, it's simple though, Matt. Here's the fear. If they are the six seed, it's impossible that they miss the playoffs. <laughs> if they're a seven seed, it's still very likely they make the playoffs, but it's not impossible. It's that simple. Um, we'll talk about it. So I want to, I, I think they're, they're going to, they're going to split with the Kings. Let's just go ahead and like get this out. They're not going to lose both. There's a lot of comments that are like you're, you're on lose fire with team. your picks. What are you? What what are you like? Three or four in a row right now on these of stretches, like of the stretches, stretches that yeah. we talked about. All right, so so they're so they're definitely splitting. If Matt says they're splitting, they're splitting the Kings games. Um, I think they're. It's more likely they lose the one on the road out of the All Star break. I think that seems to me like the most likely 
loss, right? Like you're sluggish, you're still getting guys back. And then all of a sudden, like it's the first game. So the Nuggets Nation, like Nuggets Twitter just loses its mind. Just is tomorrow completely forgets about the win versus the Warriors. What are you talking about? A win versus the Bucs and just like fire Malone, trade Will Barton to to Jupiter, uh, all these type of things, right? Um, and I will say this like the Kings, like they got the Masa bonus and they've been playing better. They've been playing a lot better, you know, like they've gotten some pretty good contributions from guys. So like Anthony Simons is playing great uh, for the Blazers. Um, and he's, I think that's one to worry about, but I'm not as worried about them as like the Kings who the Kings like at least have like De'Aaron Fox and Demonis Sabonis um, and all these guys. So uh, <laughs> I like this comment a lot from Robert. DeMarcus Cousins goes for double digits in one of those Kings games. Nuggets lose by 12 <laughs> with the, the strong arm emoji. That's yeah. fantastic, Robert. Um, so they're going to split those two. They're absolutely going to, sp- they're going to split those first two games. Um, I will say that they beat Portland. I think losing Nurkic is probably like, it'll be close. Simons will keep it tough, but um, I do think they win that game. They beat the Thunder. They beat the Rockets. They lose the Pelicans. That's yeah. my, that's my prediction. And then honestly, I think it's more like I could see them beating the Warriors again, <laughs> and like losing the like losing the Pelicans on Sunday, and then on the back to back Monday beating the Warriors. That sounds that sounds very Nuggets to me. Okay, I don't. I mean, I don't know. I I think I think five and one over this stretch. To be honest, I'm more optimistic than you are. This team is. Here's the thing, Matt. This season's not that hard to parse out. <laughs> When the bench is not terrible, they win. And I have a little bit of faith that the bench has solved two of their bigger problems and and should have those the solutions to those problems available. They definitely solved one of their smaller ones. And they've smalled their bigger one, which is the big guy. Like the, and I know DeMarcus won't be there tomorrow, but hopefully we'll be there on Saturday. And I just like look, there he say what you will about about the stat. They are eight no with him. And I do think a lot of that has to do with the fact that the bench has not been murdered since he's been back. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think it's so. I, I often talk. I often talk about this about how seasons can feel very. And I've never talked about it as much this season. Like I talked a lot with Ryan when he came on uh, on the All Star Pod last Friday about the difference between how this season feels versus how it is. And I think it's like these things are always fascinating to me because I just like I. I have a psych degree. So these like perceptions of how people think versus how they are, are always really interesting to me. Um, it's another re- one of the reasons why one of the reasons I'm so stat centric is less about my obsession with numbers. And it's more about how I love how stats will often tell us that the things that we believe um, are not grounded in concrete fact. You can, you can explain away stats in often cases you can contextualize them. And I think it's important. But I'm just always fascinated that sometimes, often, like our perceptions of things just simply don't match reality. Um, and here's like a good example of it. Like I've just described basically that the Nuggets are going to lose to two teams that are inferior to them. They're just not going to, they're going to lose two games, two winnable games that they will be favored in, right? The Nuggets are 22 and seven versus teams below 500 this season. Um, here are the teams that have fewer losses to teams versus 500 in the Western Conference the Suns, the Warriors, and that's it. That's it. 
the Nuggets have fewer losses to teams under 500 than the Memphis Grizzlies. They have fewer losses to teams under 500 than the Utah Jazz by a full three games. They have fewer losses to teams under 500 than the Dallas Mavericks by a full four games. Like, they have won the games that they should win this season. That's I think I honestly think it has to do with the starters have been good against just about everyone. Good, bad, doesn't matter. And the bench can outplay bad benches like or bad teams. But you give them a good team and like the bench gets murdered and then and it goes out. So that again, that's why I'm a little bit more optimistic about the stretches. I just don't think Denver's bench is going to get murdered more than once. <laughs> yeah, I think the pro- here here is one thing though I will say is even with the bench being not murdered, the average has shifted. And this is anecdotal. I haven't looked at the numbers. The the average has shifted from something like minus nine to minus twelve to something closer to like minus three to minus yeah. five. Maybe even a little right. bit less than that, to be honest, in the boogie era. But it's it is still like a minus, generally speaking. Yeah, and so the problem is, and and this was kind of the case in that if I believe, I think it was that Pelicans game. It was one of the really bad, yeah, because it was the the really bad Pelicans loss. Was like that was the night that like the starters just didn't play well, right? Like this is the thing, um, and, and this is pretty common for this is how most good teams are: is the starters are really good because they're front loaded because that's where all the money is, and so if they have a bad night, the team's probably going to lose, right? Because they don't have like this even distribution of talent. Like the Wizards are a much more any given night situation because there's not a lot of difference from their starters to their bench. That's where the nuggets were in like 2016, 17. Right. But in this situation, it's, it very much is like, if Joker's minutes are not like a plus seven, then you're in trouble. Right. Because anything less than that, and you're in coin flip territory. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. You agree? Um, yeah, I mean, I guess <laughs> I think, I think so. Okay. Uh, and so, and so if you, so you feel like five and one is doable. What do you think is going to be the one? I would guess tomorrow. (laughs) (laughs) At Sacramento, they don't have DeMarcus Cousins um, right back from the break. That might be the one. And it doesn't, it doesn't ruin the boogie streak. So that's important. I think. Right. There you go. that, That matters. Um, the Thunder game, I think, will be a little bit dangerous. That team is is sneaky disciplined. Uh, the Rockets are terrible. Uh, that that team's real bad. These teams bad. are also in the the tank mode. Like I know they've been tanking all year, but they're, they're now is like the race for it. Like now these wins really matter. Yeah, New Orleans is going to go for it. You know, they got oh, McCollum. Man. They got McCollum, and they're going for it. And the Blazers have actually played really well. They played really well with Simons and Josh Hart. I just I tend to think like, okay, it, it's one you know. You, you lose Dame. All right. No, CJ's traded. All right. Uh, Powell and Covington are traded. Okay. You lose Nurkic too. <laughs> like, like there must end this year a little, like there must be a limit to how much the Blazers can lose and still kind of somehow find themselves in this Here, here's a, Here's a question for you. The, the Kings made that trade with the, with the hope of making the playoffs. I know it was a long-term trade too, but they wanted the playoffs this year. They're sure. four games back of the 10 seed right now. If they lose both to the Nuggets, isn't their seed, don't they, doesn't that change their season? Meaning, does their season hang in the balance of these two games? That's a good question. That's a really good question. A little bit. I think I'd it. I, so. I think it does. If Denver beats them twice, they're down six games with twenty-two to go. That's I'm talking that they're not catching up. And by the way, they're behind like four teams, so they have to. It's not just one team they have to catch. They'd have to catch all those teams. 
Yeah. Um, but that's for like the playoff spot, right? Like they're only, if they were two back, they're only two back in the loss column from the 10. Right. So no, no, they're four back right now from the 10. That's what I'm saying. Currently four. So if they lost the next two, they'd be six back. Uh, Unless Portland, of course, loses two in a row, which they probably will as well. So I've got I've got Portland at 34 losses and the Pelicans at 36. We're talking about the Kings. The Nuggets play the Kings oh, twice. Oh, I'm sorry. I got confused. The Nuggets play the Kings twice, and I think if they lose both games, oh, yeah. have 40 losses. Yeah, if, and I if, think... they lose both, if they lose both of them, they're and I and maybe that means that this is the team, like, hey, this is it. We can't, we gotta get wins here. And maybe they're just more motor. Like you who is it that was it you that says your gambling theory is the, who who's the more hungry team? <laughs> like this is a sneaky important thing. And I I I do think Sacramento is probably the more hungry team just in that this game really means their season this weekend does. Yeah. I mean, I, I agree. I just think also the Kings, whenever they've been facing the situation, always completely face plant. So like, that's the thing is like, no. okay, this is it. Let's make our move. Right. Just, like what happens? Uh, Modic X asks, uh, wait, Boogie's out. We cannot sign him today. I miss this. So he's not going to be available tomorrow. You say, uh, the Nuggets have not signed, and the plan was for them to sign maybe on Friday. Later, it was later this week, so they could end up signing him tomorrow, and he'd be available. But for whatever reason, they had been delayed. Oh, that's weird. Boogie Cousins just happened to be in Sacramento. What do you know? That's funny. yeah, for real. Mike <laughs> walks in. Um, why is no one talking about Boogie signing for the rest of the we, year? We literally just talked about it. Like, <laughs> I mean, that was part about why I think the Nuggets are going to go five and one during the stretch. Is he makes the bench better? I think it's interesting that they, they it is interesting to me on the buyout market that there hasn't been anybody like the magic are not letting anybody go. There's no, like this has been a, such a quiet buyout market. There's nobody really to like, and I, I'd be very curious if, if Robin, I'll say this, if Robin Lopez, I would very be very curious if Robin Lopez was like a, no, mm-hmm. it was not like an absolute, like not going to work. Right. Cause I, I just kind of wonder, but I mean, look, I get the idea of like, look, you haven't lost with Demarcus. He's been, he's been good today or he's been good this season. So. I get, I get the idea of uh, being like he's good enough for what we need. This comment here, thirteen and four, is just delusional. The Nuggets just went ten and four against a significantly harder schedule, so I don't think it's that delusional. I mean, I'm not picking it, but it's, I don't. As, it's not that crazy. I mean, the yeah, they've gone on Golden these stretches State and Golden and Golden State and Milwaukee. Like they just did this. They've gone on these stretches before too. Yeah. Like, and they honestly, they usually go on them. The last couple of years, they go on them late in the season. Like yeah. that's when they make a big push is they go on them late in the season. Um, I think they probably would have done it in 2020 had it not been for the suspension. Like they, they were bad. They were in a lull going into the suspension of play. They had a really bad loss. They had a couple of bad losses there, but I think they probably pull out of it. Like, you know, last year they were on a big win streak and they finished the the season with a, a really good record. And, They've gone on those types of runs before. I think that's absolutely, I think it's doable. I'm not going to predict, like I said, I'm not going to predict it. I think those are, I think it's always, you just don't know where, where you're going to be at, where teams are going to be at, how the matchups are going to go. And Hey, you know, March, the schedule's tough. Like there's after the six game stretch, you got Kings, Warriors, Raptors, Sixers, Wizards, Cavs, Celtics, Clippers, Suns. Yeah. And then it gets easier again with Thunder Hornets, Pacers, Wolves. Yeah. Um, and wolves are a tough one. They've 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 beaten the Nuggets several times this season. Um, so let's take a break. We'll come back and we'll talk about what the Nuggets need to accomplish the rest of the way on a basketball sense. Let's do that when we come back on Locked On Nuggets. But first, 
Uh, I got to tell you about Bet Online. Football might be over the season, but basketball is in full steam for both pro and college hoops. From all the latest odds, totals, player performance props to where the next fired coach is going to land, betonline.net is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. It's not just basketball. BetOnline.net is your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC odds right to the Olympic coverage and information. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline, where the game starts. We'll be right back on Locked on Nuggets. Back here on Locked On Nuggets. Thanks for making this your first listen each and every day. Make your second listen. Locked On NBA. Great show. We've got some very handsome guests or hosts, including me and Adam. Adam and I both have shows. I've got, I'm on the Tuesday show with David Ramil, and he is on Fridays uh, with Nick Engstock. So check out the Locked No, Wes Goldberg. Oh, I'm sorry. I can never keep track of the ins and outs of our schedule uh, with Wes Goldberg. So, um, boy, comment section is bumping as always. For sure. Love it. Always Love to see it. Can't even keep up. What do you want to see the Nuggets do the rest of the season in terms of actual play? Like, uh, I know Jamal is a big thing here. I know MPJ is a big thing here. I get it. And I know that shoring up the bench. Let's say that shoring up the bench has been accomplished. They're no longer an absolute hazmat zone whenever the bench comes in. You're, you're what are the basketball this. things that you want to see? You're going to hate this. I honestly don't think there are meaningful ones. If those guys don't come back what are we hoping for? Like they fight. I mean, isn't that Jokic's word? We just fight. We're just going to try to fight, but can they realistically win a championship without Jamal Murray? I just, I don't think so. So what can they accomplish at that point? It's like, can bones Highland Zeke Naji get enough experience that it aids the team down the line like next year. Um, so not to be a downer on it, but like what, I don't think there's this, like they got to learn how to re- rebound or defend the perimeter better. It's like, it doesn't, it's not their team. I don't hate that. I mean, that's fair. I get that. That's understandable. Uh, I think. Okay. Let's say Jamal gets back. All right. I'm not. Let's like not even touch the MPJ question. Let's just say Jamal gets back. Okay. I'll say Jamal gets back by the middle of March. All right. What do you want to see them do outside of reacclimate him? If that's the case. How do you think? At that point, you just you want them to compete. I mean, they you talk about okay, a first round series likely against uh, Memphis Grizzlies. Like if you have Jamal and you've had him back for fourteen games or so, to me, I'm not saying you should win it, as in like Vegas will pick them, but that's when you can win. Like they're good enough to do it. So at that point, you want to get there, and if you get past that, that buys you two more weeks. You know, you you see what happens. So. Um, <laughs> Jamal changes everything. If Jamal is able to come back, I just think why 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 can't Denver win it? I'm not saying they're going to be favored. I'm not saying this, but they're a good team, and Jokic is at his best level ever. Why Look, why can't why can't you compete every round? Last episode, if you haven't listened to it yet, it was a roundtable on Locked On NBA, and they asked like who's the big threat out of, the, out of these teams, and it was the play-in teams um, in terms of like the teams around that bubble. It was Dallas, Denver, the Wolves, the Clippers, and the Lakers. And the question was asked, like, who's the most dangerous team? And like every all the other hosts said Denver. I, I I do think that there's that feeling. Like that's why this is this is why the Jamal thing is so tough. Is like it literally determines whether or not you're a dangerous team or you're just like make a good showing. I think part of this is people don't realize it because for whatever reason, but Jokic is viewed like Giannis or any of these greats in that like he's 50% of the equation. So I think people just default to 
you know, do all these other teams have that? Like even Paul George, good player, but they don't think of him as like, well, if you have Paul George, you could win any series. But I think they do look at that with Yoke now. So they're thinking, yeah, if Jamal Murray gets healthy just a little bit, you already have the best player in almost any series, if not any series. So, and and that's part of what I'm getting at. But if you don't have a, a sidekick, then I'm I'm sorry, I just you can't do it. As evidenced by Dallas over the last few years. I have a comparison. Um, you're already in a spiky mood. I could I could. <laughs> I'm not add, in a spiky mood. I can I can I can absolutely send you overboard with a comparison. All right, let's do it. Why not? Well, there's a team in the early early 2010s that was looked like had all the makings of a serious threat, but no one really took them seriously. They hadn't made that leap quite yet. Memphis. And their all-star point guard got hurt and was out. And he didn't come back until the NBA finals. Now, sadly they lost in the NBA finals and it was tough trying to reacclimate him, but they, they did make that run and shock the world. And that of course was the Orlando magic with Jameer Nelson. And so like, that's, that's like, look, isn't that like, you know, like, what if, okay, because here's the thing, like, what if Jamal's not ready now, but what if he's ready? I do, I, I will when say did this. did come back that year? Do what? When did Jameer come back? Uh, in the finals. Really? He missed the whole playoff run. I don't remember that. He missed that. the whole playoff run, and then they tried to put him back in, and it was a disaster because, like, they had developed a chemistry and a rhythm and a rotation with Rafer. Wow. And they still should have won. They still should have won because Courtney Lee should have made that alley basket. Crazy. Um, but I am just, I will say this, like I, it, it is not, I, I'll, I will, I will say this. Nobody I have talked to, and I, I can't really say for certain, no one I have talked to has said, if Jamal's not back by X date, if he's not ready by this point in the regular season, he will not play in the playoffs. No mm-hmm. one has said that. Right. And I think we're probably like, we're, we're kind of expecting that, but maybe that's not accurate. Right. Yeah, I mean, maybe. <laughs> With Jamal, everything's on the table. One thing I'll say is, you asked about, okay, if Jamal's not there. Jokic, I think, has his confidence went up and his determination went up when he when the Nuggets beat the Blazers last year. Just this idea of like, wow, I like we can do this even without our, our key players. Like, that's how good we are. And I think if he were to do that again, or maybe even like say you made you won two rounds. Say say you beat Memphis, and it's like okay, you beat the young upstart team, but then somehow you beat Golden State even without your psyche. Just somehow Jokic goes has his best series we've ever seen. That elevates your confidence level to this whole other group of like, hey man, like I so there those are things that you could get from it. Even if you don't win a championship, you just get to a place where you're like, you know what, this one guy and, and like the B team is good enough to get to the Western Conference Finals. Imagine what the A team will do. Uh, let's say they get back Jamal, at least. Like, at least Jamal, if not Jamal and MPJ. Uh, would you, I, I kind of think that maybe the six is better than the two. Or six is, sorry, I think maybe the six is better than the five. Yeah, oh, I'm so curious about this. The last, the end of the year, like Denver and Dallas both have some cupcake games that they could probably win or lose. I mean, Dallas's last three games are going to be Detroit, Portland, San Antonio. Detroit obviously tanking. Portland, I think by that point will be tanking. San Antonio, I think by that point will be tanking. Like all three of those games, they'll probably be able to win if that's what they want, and they'll probably be able to lose if that's what they want. So I just look at that and I go, I would not be surprised if Denver and Dallas both get to a spot where they're like, hmm, what do we want here? Do we want Utah and then Phoenix? 
Right. Or do we want Memphis and then Golden State? And I think Dallas has smacked Memphis this year. They have. So that's a curious little, like, maybe they feel like, hey, Memphis, that's the one we want. Both um, teams' fans will say that they were not healthy for the team for the games that they lost. That's true of every every game you analyze from this year is going to be that. Like no two teams can every not just this year every year, man. Like, nobody's ever especially ever yeah, but especially this year where you look at because I just see a lot of that of like Golden State is three and zero against such and such team. Then you look at it and you're like, wait, nobody played in that game. What does it matter? Like yeah. so, and I so. But whatever. I mean, all the things you talk about. Dallas, very good defensive team. They can slow the game down. Luka can have the ball. Like, Luka can control tempo because the ball's always in his hands. So they can do the things that actually make Memphis uncomfortable. So I would not be surprised if Dallas tanked the end of the season to drop to six. This is going to be, what, four straight years of them manipulating the seedings at the end and people getting mad about it because they think that they should never... Man, people really got mad that they that they let the the Utah game go. They really got mad at that one. That's so funny, and, man. And I will say, like Utah, you know, I kind of expected Utah to snap back, and then they they kind of did, and then they had their worst loss of the season versus <laughs> the Lakers, which was such a bad one. Um, all right, let's get out of here. I do just want to go ahead and make sure that we're clear on this. Both you and I have said that the most likely game that they lose out of this next stretch is the Kings game tomorrow, yeah. and including beat the beat Golden State, Malone's best coach game of the season, all-star break. Malone finally gets a, a break, feels pretty good about his life. Going to go on the road and lose to Sacramento. <laughs> they got to keep him humble. They got to so they gotta make oh, sure. Oh, yeah, Mike, that's the other thing. Michael Malone did make reference to the fact that he was not there for their first matchup with Sacramento, which they won. So um, you're right. He's back there. They just continue to torture him my favorite I, I i feel i feel really bad for michael malone but it's tremendous content when they keep losing to the kings it, it really is uh all right let's gotta wrap it up for locked on nuggets tomorrow guess what we're back with a post game show post game show tomorrow basketball returns uh we'll have midnight. you covered on uh we'll have you covered on locked on nuggets thanks for joining us everybody uh have yourselves a great week try and keep your minds in the best shape possible have yourselves a great week we'll talk to you guys again tomorrow with another episode of locked on nuggets